This is Advanced Listening, the podcast responsible for the fall of communism. The podcast that always runs with scissors. The podcast that literally made John Wick go back into retirement. With your hosts, Nooch and Orion. everybody uh welcome back to advanced listening uh i am one of your hosts nooch joined by my dude orion that's me that's you are you smoking weed right now yes with bunch of hash on, on that's weed. that's incredibly unprofessional uh, no it's not <laughs> okay good okay. um if uh if you're new to the podcast welcome and if you're not uh, you know, whatever. Welcome. Uh, follow us on Twitter. If you're at- not new, then you're probably one of the unwashed minions. No, no, we're not doing that. We're not. Yes, we are. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Advanced Pod, and then you could also advanced email. Advanced Listening Pod. Is it? Yeah, it's Advanced Listening Pod. Oh, okay, that one. I, I don't know our Twitter address. It's somewhere on there. Just type in Advanced Listening, and you'll find it. Or you can email us at. Uh, Advanced, advanced listening, listening pod at yahoo dot com dot com Expedia that was a good Expedia you think we can get them to sponsor us no oh okay <laughs> we smoke too much weed so I've got a topic that I think you're gonna like today yeah yeah the Deftones mm, I like the Deftones I, I okay so full disclosure uh i've been trying to prepare for this episode right so the last uh like couple days i've just really been drilling some deftones into my head and i think you and i might be more on opposite sides of this than ever okay well i know you have let's just say issues with chino i do you want to lay those out real quick before we okay. dig into uh, the, yeah, the, the, the catalog? Yes, and I'm also going to openly admit something that I've never admitted out loud before about the Deftones. Um, They're sick. So, well, yeah, um, I, I, I've never been that big of a Deftones fan, okay? And really, the reason why, mostly, there's a couple things. One of them is stupid, and it's, it's my own thing, and it doesn't make any sense, but one of my exes from a long time ago... Uh, we were together for a long time, dude. She was so fucking religious about the Deftones that I, 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 God, I just grew to hate them. I really did. Um, but that's a bullshit reason, and I'll admit that. All right? my exes listen to Deftones. That's why <laughs> I listen to Corn. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Now, but to get on the other side of it, and here's where it's actually more of a debate. Okay, okay. so the internet will claim that Chino Marino is in fact tone deaf, right? Which I feel is an argument. It goes back and forth. There is. I don't. I don't know if there's any confirmation out there, and I don't really give a shit if the dude is tone deaf or not. But here's the reason why he kind of pisses me off. Is there a single? 
fucking Deftone song? Is there one fucking Deftone song that doesn't have that weird filter on it on top of his voice? Like, what is that? It's it's like the weakest form of auto-tune in the world, and it kind of pisses me off. Well, I think... I, I think the idea is, okay, we want to manipulate his voice, but we want to do it as little as possible. So they use the weakest form of auto-tuning because they don't want it to be the thing. They, they're they trying to manipulate it, but not a lot. Just a little bit. Because I've... Li- listen, I've... Full disclosure, I've been a Deftones fan since for fucking ever, right? And I'm and, pretty sure didn't they didn't they form in like '88? Um, they've been around for a hot fucking minute. I want to say it was like '88, '89. Their first album was '95. I first got into them in in, uh, in uh, my freshman year. It was '96. So they've been around forever, and I've been a huge Deftones fan. I've seen them live multiple times. Here's the thing. If you're going to go see the Deftones live, I find that catching them at the beginning of a tour or after a break in the tour is the best time because Chino does blow out his voice. Right. Well, And, and that's the thing. And now I'm going to get into a little bit of the, the positivity that I feel about the Deftones. Now, regardless of what they do with Chino's voice, right? That dude brings authentic emotion in his voice. Real shit. Like, a Deftones song can literally change the pace of your day. Yeah, and and I think that they're, they're, uh, they're a band that isn't afraid to experiment. And they run the entire gambit of sound from, you know, really soft and 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 just melodic and slow, and, you know, stuff like digital bath. You know what I mean? Yeah. And feral. And then you can get into the heavier shit like uh, head up. Or seven words. Combat. Seven, seven words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They run the, and then everything in between. Shit like changes is nowhere near as soft as 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 digital bath, but it's equally as just seductive. And I I gotta say I think what I don't like about the Deftones is almost almost anything that they put on the radio. I'm sorry, but I just don't. Diamond Eyes, I kind of hate it. Um, I, I like Diamond Eyes, and I like you've seen the Butcher. Oh, no, see, I just can't. And, and you know, the thing is, and I need to be clear. I feel like I need to drop a disclaimer. I appreciate whenever a band can be diverse, okay? I really do. But for some fucking reason, when the Deftones get soft, right, I, I, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it, and I don't fucking, I just don't like it. I don't like their soft shit. I, see, I disagree. I think the Deftones are 100% music to fuck to. They are sweet love making all the way up to the hard fucking. And they run the gamut of sexy, man. They have, they have songs that are incredibly incre- passenger. Yeah. Uh, and wait, you wait, see the butcher is, is, is just, it's an, if you listen to the lyrics, it's an incredibly seductive song. I want to jump in. Let's, let's break down passenger. Okay. Because Passenger, you know, we we briefly talked about this this morning, and Passenger is a is a weird song, man. Because it is a weird song, yes. I I what in in two words, 
two words or less, what do you think that song is about? In two words or less? Two words or less. Car fucking. <laughs> I would. I think I would have gone with gay sex, but yeah, yeah I think car yeah, fucking. Well, I, either way, gay sex in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait. So if you guys have never heard... It's not even about gay sex. What it is, is it's about two straight men engaging in gay sex. And even if you wanted to go more broad than that, you could even say that it's about two people in an awkward, passionate situation. Um, and I I need to say right now, if, if any of the listeners of this podcast are not familiar with Passenger by the Deftones featuring Maynard James King from Tool. Um, if you haven't heard it, you need to stop this fucking podcast right now. Go listen to that song and then come back um, because it will make the rest of this conversation a little... It would make more sense. So while we were talking about it, you pointed something out to me that I I, I got to give you credit for. I'm going to bring it up, but I need to say that you are the one that originally said this. If you wanted to break this song down and get into what is being talked about or the mood that is being uh, set forward, it kind of sounds like Maynard is taking advantage of Chino. It does. <laughs> it really does. It really does. The thing is, is... It doesn't change how fucking good that song is. Exactly. And how much, like, because I, 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 full disclosure, I have sex with my wife and we listen to that song and it's, it, it, it works. That song is fucking. It's, it's a sexy song. See, that's the thing is even if getting into like, yes, the fact that the song is two dudes singing, if, if that makes you uncomfortable, fucking get over it. Get the fuck over it. Because first of all, it, it it's not necessarily, even if you are that asshole, it's not necessarily condoning two dudes fucking, which I don't care if you're with that or not. No, Fuck the you. whole point of the song is explore, exploration and curiosity. And you darkness. Know what I mean? they, they, these two people find themselves in a situation that they have no control over and they become passengers to the situation. Exactly. Exactly. And there was one more thing. There's a line in that song. And just thinking about it right now, bringing it up, I swear to God, I have goosebumps on both of my arms. Um, He says, there's a line in there. He says, don't pull over. Right. And once again, I'm giving you the credit because you're the one that pointed this out, but it blew my mind when you said it in this moment. And it doesn't matter. It can be two ladies, two dudes, a man and a goat. I don't give a fuck. if you pull over the magic stops yeah the spell is broken he's saying whatever happens just don't pull over because then the spell is is broken it's like it's like an abrupt changing of conversation like if you were say talking about an incredibly passionate song like passenger and went into let's talk about adrenaline because it's probably one of my favorite deftones albums yeah but no, no, I have to give you that adrenaline. Adrenaline is a, and, and I didn't know this until you, you know, you were like, Nooch, 
you got to grind out some Deftones, bro. Because I will admit, before this, yeah, of course I know who the Deftones are, and I know their sound and shit like that. But I wasn't aware of the depth. I really wasn't. And so after listening to most of the album of Adrenaline, most of the album of uh, White Pony, and then their newest album, I don't have the name in front of me right now, but it's a Japanese phrase for love at first sight. Um, Koi no yoken. Thank you. Um, I'm not saying that right, by the way. Sorry. And that's not their latest album. That was 2012. 2016, they came out with Gore. And I have to say this. Listen, I've been listening to the Deftones since 96. I love this fucking band. I've seen them live multiple times. It's one of my favorite bands. Here's the thing about the Deftones. They have a very distinct four-album cycle. Good, great, amazing, garbage. So wait, 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 wait. So you're yes. saying that as much as you love the Deftones, you're even going to say that they have uh, more than one album out there that you would consider borderline not garbage, good. just not good. Okay, fair enough. Adrenaline is good. Around the Fur is great. White Pony is amazing. And then I they think... have a self-titled album, which I call Minerva, but it's actually Deftones. Eh, not so much. Then they come out with Saturday Night Risk, which is really good which is great and and koi no you can which is amazing that is an amazing I, I, I album. think that's my favorite album and then gore their last album eh. <laughs> um do you have it's a uh, four album cycle and they're pretty consistent so the fact that they're in the studios right now recording their ninth album this should be a good album well i'm pretty excited about it so even though the Deftones piss me off on on and I still stand by what I said, I don't like how they constantly filter his voice. I, I, I still can't get behind a lot of their slow songs. To me, I don't pick up the vibe of it being sexy. To me, it's just slow. And some of them are kind of fucking depressing, like listening to the Counting Crows after you've had way too much Jameson. Like, I, I, I that's just my opinion on them. But I will say this, the song Get Me, uh, I'm just going to name uh, three, two of them we've already discussed. Actually, no, we've only discussed uh, 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 Passenger, but Seven Words, dude. Seven Words, the breakdown in Seven Words. <laughs> you don't know me. Yeah, dude, the yeah, way he says it. You don't know me. The, the, we like a pig. And, and the, the way it falls together, the way the rhythm totally drops out, and then it's almost like it... It's like it implodes it's on itself and then fucking the It's a different song. It It's incredible. So what I'm saying is the songs that I don't like, they're so polarizing to me. The songs that I don't like by the Deftones, I fucking don't like. I will never like them. They're Fair just, enough. they're just, to me, they're bad fucking songs. But Adrenaline, song, go ahead. Adrenaline though has, listen, Adrenaline has a couple of songs on there that in an era of, of the right at the beginning of the like rap metal era, right? Oh yeah. The Deftones did something a little different. That's like hip hop funk rock. You know what I mean? Songs mm-hmm. like Nosebleed and One Week off Adrenaline. They're not it's not rap metal. It's it's like hip hop metal. You know what I mean? It's a lot funkier than you would think they would be. So with all the negative things I've said about the Deftones, there's two things that I, I just cannot ever take away from them. And, and you know, they're not necessarily one of my favorite bands. But like I was saying, the songs that I love by them, I love a lot. 
like I, I, I like I would get lyrics of those songs tattooed on my body is how much I like those songs. Right. So right. incredibly polarizing. But the thing you can never take away from Chino is how convicted he is to his craft. And right. what, I, what I mean by that is uh, you've heard me rant before about Primus, about how I love that Les Claypool always made the music he wanted to make. It wasn't necessarily about getting on the radio or making a billion dollars. It was about being an artist. And that's how I feel about Chino Marino is no matter the things that he does that I don't like, I still respect him because I feel that he's not out there to win whatever fucking music awards he can win. He's out there to put his art out there. And the Deftones are, are amazing at conveying their art. Other than the addition, because they added a guy, uh, uh, like a DJ, Frank. How new right is that? Right, right before know. White Pony is when they added him, right? Okay. But other than replacing uh, uh, Chai when Chai passed away with Sergio, right? Abe, Chino, Stefan, three of the four original members. And the only reason they have a new bassist is much like Metallic is their bassist died. In they a car do, yeah, they had to do what they had to do. Right. And then they added a guy, but th- there's a lot to be said about a band that is still with the original members, still rolling strong. And here's the thing. I don't ever remember hearing stories about those guys fighting. They really do like each other. They hang out when they're not touring and shit. You know right. what I mean? Right. And the first, listen, around the fur in 90, it came out in 97, right? But in 96, they released My Own Summer as a single. And a buddy of mine handed me a tape said, you have to fucking hear this. I put it in. I hear that drop, that piccolo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Piccolo. We've gone into that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And then and then the most beautiful, amazing, angry, crunchy, groovy ass rift. That rift from around the uh, from my own summer is probably one of my favorite fucking guitar riffs of all time. I cannot get it into my brain fast enough. And you know what? When we end this segment, I'm going to use that as an interlude just so we're clear. It is such a great riff. And then you get into the rest of Around the Fur, Be Quiet and Drive. You've got uh, uh, the the title track, My Own, uh, Around the Fur. That album has Head head Up on it, which is one of their hardest songs. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And I'm probably not pronouncing this, Diet of Flu, which is funky as fuck it's just this groovy real blues funk baseline driven song and it's really i love that fucking album that album is what made me fall in love with the deftones and then i had to go back and get adrenaline and then in 2000 they dropped white pony and white pony to me it's the home run isn't it's it's one of the greatest albums yeah. of the 90s even though it came out in 2000 it's it's a grand slam it is unreal top to bottom yeah full album you got a uh, 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 digital back elite rx queen teenager wait, knife wait, wait, party wait, wait, wait. passenger wait. changes pink cell phone back Mark- to school the hidden track Oh yeah, yeah, back to school. Jam, man. Get him, run, run, get him, run, get him, run. Back to school, dude. That's a good yeah. song, dude. It's all right, I'll watch your backpacks, pen and pencils. I'll be the man. Hey, what? I mean, is that it, song. It, what is that song where he screams in the? Because I'm 90% sure this is off White Pony, and and it's the first Deftone song I ever heard. Um, 
he's screaming it so loud but he's saying when you're ripe you'll bleed out of control you'll bleed out of control what fucking song is that when you're ripe you'll bleed out of control you'll bleed oh yeah um, that. that is on white pony god damn it is that knife party or is that korea i think it's knife no it's neither one of those what is that is it arts queen nope it's definitely not art because i was listening to no no what is that we're gonna have to dig into that and, and it might be elite that song that was the first deftone song and i was like oh my god who is this band i'm in love with this band right but then uh, like i said as much as i appreciate diversity in a band and i'm not saying i don't appreciate their diversity it's just when they go soft it's a miss for me and changes is a great song yes i'm not saying it's not a good song but for me it was it was drilled into my brain so hard that i reject it in in, in every sense of the being i hate that fucking song right now, the, their next album, there's the self-titled album. Maybe it's just me and when it came out. It came out right as I was deploying to Baghdad. So I might have negative associations. Right, right. I mean, I get that being said, I don't like that album. But Saturday Night Wrist, which comes out in uh, 2006, Saturday Night Wrist is a really good album. And it feels more like Adrenaline than any of their other albums do. And pause, pause. We've even discussed how weird of a time it was for hard rock and metal in 2005, 2006. It was a really weird time. So for you to have any of your old school bands that you were listening to in the late 90s to remain consistent through through that time, you should be grateful. You know, you get... There, there, there's things about Saturday Night Wrist that are really weird. There's a song called, it's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. <laughs> okay. That is the name of the song, and it is this weird instrumental. It's really experimental. There is a song called Combat on that album, which is really fucking heavy, really good. But my favorite song on that, Hole in the Earth, also... The first song in the album. Really yeah. fucking solid. That's a good song. But there's a song, it's track three on the album. It's called Beware, right? I'm aware. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Beware is another one of these songs that has a, a drop that makes you just happy as fucking clams. I mean, giddy is all hell. The first time I heard this song live, they teased the fuck out of me because I'm just sitting here the whole time waiting for the goddamn drop, right? And right before the drop, they redid the chorus a second time. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know what I mean? They, they pushed back the drop. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What are you doing, you assholes? Give me, the, give, give me my fucking crack, you sons of bitches. And then when they finally hit the drop, they extended it. So instead of 16 bars, it was fucking 32 bars. It just went not stop playing. It's fucking amazing. All right, dude. Dude, do you know what I think we've done today? What? I think we've helped our listeners maybe advance their listening. God damn it, you little motherfucker. I wasn't done talking about the Deftones. 
<laughs> these peasants need to fucking know. How do the pedestrians gonna know if I don't explain it to them, motherfucker? You gotta cut it off right before one of the best Deftones albums. We need to talk about Koyote Nakan. How the fuck do you say that name, first of all? It, you, you're doing it right. You're just adding a little bit too much emph- emphasis on the koi, right? Koi is like, it's real quick. You just fly through it. So it's koi no yakan. Koi no yakan. Yeah. You just kind of, you, you cut out the syllables. You just kind of flow through it. This album, this, like, the reason I, I, I can't move on without getting on this album is this is, this is the second amazing album the Deftones have put out other than White Pony. And it is amazing. Songs like Romantic Dreams and Rosemary are just beautiful. Um, I have to say, as a whole, it is one of my favorite albums. I think it lacks a little bit of that old school garage hate that they used to have. But I feel like it's uh, without them changing at their core who they are, we're seeing a more mature band. Oh, yeah. Rosemary... Rosemary is is such a cinematic song that in my head, whenever that song is playing, and it's been like this since that album has come out, like I, I see a, a movie, it's going on inside my head of, of this epic struggle between the, the poor kids and, and the rich kids, and they're all lacing up to play hockey and that, that song. I don't know why hockey, but it's very much the bad news bears, bad side of town kids versus the, the rich kids who have all the advantages. And it's this, you know, off the books grudge match off on the side. What's that one movie? Airborne. Kind of like that, but much more aggressive. And I just see this this hockey game between these kids playing out in this dynamic of, of you know, the haves and the have-nots playing out during this song. I don't know why. It's just been like that for, for me for a long time. It, it, that And see, I, I have to say that that just is a credit to – uh, the Deftones for painting such a vivid picture. And uh, this album actually has, I, I want to say, my favorite Deftones song ever. And s- for a long time, I think Seven Words has probably been my favorite Deftones song. Uh, but on this album, there's a song called Tempest. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful and song, too. I, it's one of the few of the softer... Well, it's not soft. It's not. It's still. It's still pretty hard, but... It's it's one of the few slower kind of uh, melodic, dark and sexy fucking songs that they do. They they always do such sexy fucking music. I don't care. They're sexy. They're fucking sexy. They um, are. They're an incredibly seductive and sultry band. Sultry. That's a good sultry. word for them. Yeah. There it is. There it is. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that as a group of dudes, the Deftones are sexy because, in fact, no. Their music is sultry. Yeah. Yes. Chino Marino is kind of gross and fat. So not so, not that I'm not that I'm fat shaming. I'm just so the Deftones coming into it. You had an opinion. We decided to do the Deftones because we would have varying opinions. As yeah. you're uh, as you're coming out of this, how how are you feeling about the Deftones now? Different. So different. Whenever I okay. So my little yeah. Whenever we decided to talk about the Deftones, I. I had a pretty negative opinion, um, but I spent an entire day listening to different albums and different songs, and I, I still hold true that there are a lot of sounds that they do and, and make that I don't care for, uh, but they are an incredible band, and the songs from them that I love, I love deeply. Right on. I will. 
I love the Deftones. I've always loved the Deftones for a long time. I, I think that they are one of the most unique because they're not really metal. They're not really rock. They're not really neo-metal. They're just kind of the Deftones. Yeah, they're the Deftones. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Hey, let me ask you something, and this is a perfect way to jump onto our next topic. Do you think the Deftones would be the Deftones if they replaced the lead singer? No. Like, do you think there's a voice out there? Let's just say something tragic happened to Chino. Do you think there is a single voice out there that could maybe pull the weight? And if so, if you do have any kind of a name, who would it be? Uh, no, because the Deftones, one of the great things about the Deftones is they're, other than, you know, like I said, replacing the bassist after his tragic accident, still the original core members. And right. Chino is as much a part of the Deftones as, as Stefan's fucking guitar riffs are. You know what right. I mean? I don't like replacing the singer of any band. Any is band. such a difficult thing. And the one, there's a couple that really stand out for me as being horrific. But the one that always pissed me off was replacing Lane Staley and Alice in Chains. And I won't even say the goddamn name of the guy they replaced him with. But it's not Alice in Chains. Look, if the other members of Alice in Chains wanted to, say, change the name of the band, call themselves uh, Bruhilda in Shackles, you know what I mean? (laughs) Hey, that's not bad. Fucking, then fair enough, man. Even if you guys play Alice in Chains songs live, I don't care. But you're not fucking Alice in Chains. All right. Yeah, no, and I, you know, I actually kind of, I disagree with you. Now, I don't disagree with you about your your justifying statement, but the way you feel about Allison Chains and that guy that came in, I don't actually know his name, nor do I give a shit. But they released a song uh, not too long ago. Eh, it was a few years ago. Fuck, it was four or five years ago. Um, it, I liked it. I can't remember any of the words because he did his best to like Eddie Vedder, which is basically like hear my exactly. It's like he was fucking Eddie Vedder. It's almost a fucking Eddie Vedder. It's just some Eddie Vedder, somebody you just love and hate at the same time, right? Like there I, is no, so many other people have tried to be Eddie Vedder. I'm looking at dude, you. You have, you have no idea how much I'm fighting doing Eddie Vedder impersonations right now. I mean, I mean, we can do it for a minute. <laughs> No, we can't because I won't okay. stop. Don't stop. Okay, don't 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 do it. Do you want to get one just to get it out of your system? Do you want to do no. one? No. No? Because then you won't stop. That was amazing. Yeah, here you are. You're not a boy. Hate a holly little fuck. Okay. Okay. Ooh, but we unleashed a lion. Something about the recess ladies' tent, but I forget. All right, all right, all right, all right. G- gather yourself. I can't. That, You're going to make me okay. do that song alive. But no, no, we're going to skip it for now, but I'll give you your own, I'll give you your own Eddie Vedder segment at the end. I wanted to Eddie Vedder. <laughs> Look, um, we're talking about replacing the, the singer of Alice yeah, and yeah. We yes. want to replace the singer. Why is it that all the the, the four fucking really good 
garage band, uh, uh, grunge band singers are all dead, and Eddie Vedder is the only one still kicking. God damn it. Yeah, but he... We I lost like- Chris. We lost Lane. We lost Kurt. We lost fucking... Yeah. Eddie is still going. God damn it, Eddie. Way, way to go, Eddie. You're going to be an asshole. Eddie Vedder is going to be the Keith Richards of our generation. Like, how in the fuck is he still alive? How is Keith Richards still alive? God damn it. Keith Richards is the Keith Richards of our generation. Because God damn it. Is he still alive? <laughs> like, we've talked... Okay, but we've talked about the replacement singer of uh, Drowning Pool. Yeah. Before, right? I, you know, I... Here's the thing is I'm with you. I feel the exact same way that you feel about Allison Chains whenever they threw in what's this fuck and who gives a shit. Um, right. The band Soil. I love. I fucking love Soil. Love Soil. Okay. Um, I know Soil. You listen to Drowning Pool's first album, that guy, before he died. Love it. Fucking incredible. Oh, sorry. All right. It's coming out again. Um, it was a really good album. But then you put that fucking dude from soil in drowning pool and you can go fuck yourself you can go fuck yourself i hate it i agree i agree and then look look i don't care the other big replacement singer that stands out to me that really uh, pisses me off is uh sublime with rome Rome? what is that shit it's garbage how the fuck dare you and they got a new they got a new drummer drummer too yeah, I, then it's not Sublime. Just call yourself another name, man. I'd be more inclined to listen to your shit if you called yourself something. If you called yourself Rome and then play Sublime songs live. Because and, and because you have the members, and that can even be a selling point. Like, the remaining members of Sublime have gotten together with this dude, Rome, and it's a pretty cool fucking band. And honestly, I like the name Rome. Like, it could have just been Rome, and I would have been... It could have just been Rome, and and I'd have been on board. I would have been on board. But I heard that album, and it made me sick. I shit you not. It is fucking... It's a sad fucking cash grab of an album. And and honestly, if you have that album, and you're kind of down with it, like, you can fucking block me on Twitter, man. Like, go fuck yourself. Here's the thing, though. The remaining members of Sublime, after Brad's death formed a band called Long Beach Dub All-Stars. I'm down with that. I and know it. I was down with them. It's fine. Why couldn't you just done that? That would ah, fuck me sideways. You know what? You know what? The other one. I, wait, 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 wait. Now that I'm thinking I, about it. Go I, ahead. I bet Sublime with Rome does Sublime songs on tour. You don't say. Like, well, of course. Well, yeah, you're right. Of course. Why? That's why they're Sublime, right? Right, because no one wants to hear the Sublime with Rome new shit. How have people actually bought fucking tickets to that? And 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 ugh. <laughs> you know what they do? They do something sneaky, is where they only play festivals. Is you only you'll never see a Sublime with Rome show off by itself with an opening act or some shit. They play festivals so they can hide themselves amongst other acts. That's a good way to do it. So you know the other one that that one of the biggest. Biggest epic fails in the history of replacing singers. Can I guess? Can I guess? I think I know yes. where you're going, but I want to guess. Is it? Go ahead. Is it Sammy Hagar? No. Okay. All right. All right. I can think of a bigger epic fail. What is it? When Motley Crue tried to replace their lead singer. Jesus Christ! I didn't know that happened. 
oh yeah, that was the thing that happened. And it collected, it was like a collective no from everybody. <laughs> they were like, bring back Vince. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck is this shit? They, it, it was a collective no from everybody. And you know, Nikki and fucking uh, uh, Mick and, and, and Tommy were like, maybe we should bring back Vince. <laughs> Like immediately it went away, but it, it, they tried to do it. No, I did not know that happened. That's news to me, but it's hilarious. They put out an album. They tried to do it. Motley Crue will not play shit off no, that wait, album, by the way. Who is, who do we know? It had to doesn't been, matter. It, wait, hey, I got a good one for you though. How about this? And this just popped into my head. Here we go. This is, this is legit off the dome. You ready? Ready. Journey. Oh, how do you replace? Have you not heard that, dude? Have you heard this fucking the new guy? Yeah, dude, you. No, I haven't heard the new guy who replaced the voice in Journey. Steve. All right, so this dude is better than Steve Perry. This dude is better. Get the no, fuck out of here! You haven't listened to it yet. All right, this is something we can. Get the fuck out dude, of here! You're I'm, a horrible person. I'm not a horrible person. Check this out, dude. You, if, you shut your filthy no, mouth, you dirty bastard. I don't even know the dude's fucking name, and that's a shame. He's from like Thailand or something, too. It'll blow your mind. Like, oh, that's right. I've seen that yeah. guy. I've never heard him. Sing. Dude, he's incredible. You're fucking it sounds every bit like Steve Perry, but like if Steve Perry never lost an ounce of power, you know what I mean? There's a there's a really 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 bad joke about knockoff shit from Taiwan in there that I'm not gonna say. Don't yeah no, it's not even called for. This dude is the shit. Isn't that his name? <laughs> is Steve Perry the guitar player? <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm fucking up right now. I, I, I smoked this whole blunt, and now, now I'm starting to think that Steve Perry. No, it's not. Listen, we can't get out of here without talking about two of the biggest replacement singers. Obviously, you brought it up: Sammy Hagar replacing David Lee Roth. Are you a Hagar? Or a Roth Are you ready for this? I don't give two flying pieces of a little rat fuck about either one of them, but. If, if I had to go, if if we if you have a gun to my head and you're like fucking Hagar Roth, Roth, and Roth. and I say that Absolutely I say Roth. that with complete and absolute disdain for that man. I fucking hate that guy. Um, you know what? David Lee Roth is a goddamn rock star. And God, I love him or hate him, you can't take no. away his flamboyant no, he's, rock star. Yeah, he's charisma. the man. He's the man. He's every. He's what Sammy Hagar grew up being like. I'm gonna be like that one day. And even though don't get me wrong, he wasn't looking at David Lee Roth like that. But that he, it's like, okay, so David Lee Roth is Sammy Hagar's Tyler Durden. <laughs> <laughs> but to be clear, they can both go fuck themselves. People are always asking Sammy if he knows David Lee Roth. <laughs> He's like, no, that, that what? Yeah, no. Um, the other one though is is Bon Scott. Wait, 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 wait. How do you feel? I want to know your take. Oh, I'm a David Lee Roth guy, 110 percent, absolutely. Fuck Sammy Hagar. Okay. Although I do, there's a song that Sammy does called uh, "Rock and Roll" that I actually. You know, like. and I, I like I can't drive. It's on the heavy metal soundtrack. I like I can't drive 55. Like I do. I don't like that really? song. I do. I do. Like that song. <laughs> but I do. Listen, I like some Van Halen shit. I like can't, ain't talking about love. 
that's that is a really fucking good song. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. it's alright. I just I just don't I just I'm not a fan. Anyway, all right, what else? You you said Bon Scott. Bon Scott is the other big replacement with Brian Johnson replacing Bon Scott in ACDs. That's the other big replacement singer. Here's the thing. I don't hate what they did because uh Back in Black is is a great album. It is. Um I Highway to Hell, yeah, it's got some, it's got some fucking jams on it, right? But after that, I feel like they turned into this sad, washed-up version of themselves, and right. I feel like that wouldn't have happened if Bon Scott was alive. I agree. So, yeah, that's it. That's what's your what's your favorite replacement singer, and what's your least favorite? All right, ooh. I'm not prepared for that. Yeah, I go, so favorite replacement singer would have to go ahead and be that fucking guy from Thailand or Korea or wherever the fuck he's from with Journey because until you listen to that, it, it makes you want to start listening to Journey again. It's really good. Um, least favorite. I think Brian. I think Brian Johnson might be my favorite replacement singer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who's your least favorite? The fuck that replaced Lane Staley. You. You fuck, fuck you. you, fucking fuck, fucking fuck you, fuck All right, you. man, I'll put you down in a hole. I was. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. Uh, my least. And that right there, my friend, is how you advance your list. Yeah. You know what's funny, Orion? You son of a bitch. Huh. What I do? It fucking, like, is a perfect in- ending to a perfect segment, right? But, like, right as soon as you ended, I realized something that I really fucking wanted to say. And so now I know how you feel, right? Now I know what I... Now, now, I, know, now I know what I did, right? And Revenge. I know, right. It's, it's what, a, what a great way to... Uh, to throw a middle finger at me. Like, I get it. I fucking get it. Um, No, but I just wanted to say, as far as a replacement singers, my least favorite, you would think that I would go Drowning Pool, right? And while it is disgusting to me, it, it's not my least favorite. My least favorite has got to be uh, something that we've mentioned a couple times, and that would be Zero for Static X. Um, and the main reason is is because I feel like it was a genuine thought process, right? Like they actually fucking thought about it. I don't I don't think it's a shameless cash grab. I think that they actually considered this and put effort and thought into it. And then they uh they fucking put this guy in there and it, it makes me sad. It's like a it's like the biggest fucking massive failure I could expect out of this band. And I really hope they don't plan on touring really with this guy because I hate it. Anyway, that's that. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to spit that out because it pissed me off. So. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. It's a total womp womp. 
<laughs> right. And like I said, I would almost have more respect for it. if Now, let me ask you something, though. Wait, real quick. If you could pick a lead singer to pay homage to Wayne Static, it wouldn't be this fucking guy. But, but no. it's got to be somebody. Like, if you could pick one name off the top of your head, who, who would it be? Uh, um, somebody who could hit that kind of scream and have the vocal range and still be able to get down low enough to to get the bass part of it. I, it's a guy you may not heard of. His name is Levi. He's the lead singer of a band called Miss May I. I'm familiar. I think he could pull it off. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I've got I've got two that came to mind, and I don't know if you'll like this or hate this. Uh, the first one I feel you'll agree with, but the second one you might not feel so strongly about. Um, the first one would be uh, Chad from Mudvayne. Like, I don't think Chad can hit the the the, the Wayne Static high notes, but I guarantee. I get where you're going. Okay, all right. And the second would be Randy Blythe. No. No? No. I feel that Randy Blythe has got the deliberate range of, like, a fucking opera singer. I feel like he could go comfortably wherever he wants and do it however he wants. I think Randy Blythe, uh, by the way, for those who don't know, Randy Blythe would be the lead singer for Lamb of God. Um, but I, I think he could do it. I agree. I- don't disagree with any of the points that you brought up. Uh, my reaction to you saying Randy Blythe as the replacement of Wayne Static is merely a gut reaction based on, no, that's the voice of Lamb of God, you silly, silly fucking man. What are you talking about? <laughs> you, made me, you made me laugh right after I hit the blunt. So that was. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So let's. I wanted to talk to you about like some of our favorite drummers, Ooh. right? And I wanted to bring up a guy who may be one of the greatest drummers you've never heard of. Yeah. You have, but the fucking peasants have. <laughs> Don't call them peasants. Who? Who? Oh, shut the fuck up. Don't make excuses for these fucking <laughs> peons. Anyway. Danny Carey, the drummer from Tool, Goddamn. might be amongst the greatest drummers of all time. See, I can't argue with that. Now, not my favorite, definitely not. Um, but like, I feel that as as far as mastering what I would consider the art of percussion, which goes a lot further than just a fucking drum rack, right? Now, for those that don't know, um, I'm a drummer. Uh, I'm not a percussionist, though. God damn it, I'm a drummer, and uh, I've been so for about 13 years. Um, and whenever I look at Danny Carey, it's almost like Neil Peart's soul got put into a new body before Neil Peart himself left his body. And the thing is, is I feel that Danny Carey brought it to a different level that Neil Peart never even thought about. I, I, I think about it like this. Neil Peart is Joe Montana and Danny Carey is Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I can, I can get with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're both equally just as good. Both are amazing in clutch moments, but there's just that extra bit of oomph with Danny Carey, and I think that oomph is is because the other three members of Tool are arguably the best at their crafts as well. I mean, Adam Jones, Maynard, Justin Chandler are all 
unbelievably heralded musicians and being surrounded by it's the fucking 27 Yankees you know what I mean it's it's Joe Montana throwing to Jerry Rice who's elevating who you know what I mean right and and so I I think that's why Danny Carey is better but but also Neil Peart is hindered by the fact that that Getty Lee's voice is nails on a chalkboard and you know I want to start finding a way to uh there's a band that should have a replacement singer wait (laughs) I want to start finding a way to actually uh list off a couple suggested tracks for our for our listeners uh, i think we typically kind of do that at the end of the podcast and and i really want to stress whenever we're talking about a musician like danny carey like words cannot in any way describe what what that man does like you, you if you want to know what danny carey's all about just go listen to the first three tracks of enema what? listen to the first three tracks of enema and you will get why Daddy Carey is fucking amazing. Or listen to the uh, <clears throat> the first three fucking tracks of uh, what's his newest one? Fear Inoculum. Fear Inoculum. God damn, dude! Like, Dan, just Danny Carey. I'm, Don't get me started on that album. I'll God, be. I'll, I'll, I'll talk what are you talking about? Yeah, we'll fucking get started on that album, and I'll open up by saying. There is a difference between a band that just kind of puts out tracks, right? And I'm not knocking it. This is almost every band that we know and love just kind of puts out tracks, right? Really good ones. Goddamn great ones like the Deftones today. You know, they 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 do great stuff. But when you're talking about Tool and when you're talking about an album like Fear Inoculum, you're talking about like a fucking masterpiece being painted in front of you. And and on the side note of just Danny Carey, I feel that you could remember Remove all of the tracks, all the guitar and vocal tracks from that album or any Tool album, and just listen to Danny Carey play and have a great fucking time. It's it's tribalistic the way he plays. It's amazing. But okay, Fear Inoculum. Here's an album by arguably one of the greatest bands of their generation, if not all time, in my opinion. Fair enough. And after ten thousand days, we almost had to wait ten thousand days. Yeah. I mean, it was a decade of waiting for this album and to have a band as acclaimed as tool and you're waiting a decade with some of the most fervent fans in music by the way and to put out a masterpiece like fear inoculum with all the pressure with all the weight with all the expectations and everybody i know that that is a huge tool fan collectively all went yay this is fucking delicious. Yeah. I don't know anybody who has said negative things about Fear Inoculum. Not one fucking thing. Oh. It is a true masterpiece. In an era where, like you said, a lot of bands are putting out tracks. You don't necessarily have to listen to the album start to finish. You know what I mean? No one really does concept albums anymore. You could put all your fucking favorite bands on shuffle, repeat, and have fun. You know. But with a band like Tool, with an album like Fear Inoculum, that isn't album in the strictest sense of the word it is hypnotic it takes you on a journey it is jarring 
and soothing at the same fucking time. And you know what? It is, but, hey, Ryan, it is it's a great. work of art that must be heard from start to finish in its entirety. You you could literally, we could literally do, an, and actually I would like to, here, here's a, a an outlook to the future. We're going to do an episode of Advanced Listening where we break down every fucking track. And if, I don't give a shit if you're a Tool fan or not, everything that, Orion, everything that you just said is fucking dead on. There's a difference between tracks and something like this. And it it is deserving of the highest fucking praise. Yes, Tool fans waited, I think it was over 10 years, wasn't it? It was over 10 years. It was 2005 to 2019. Okay, so there you go. What is that, 14 years? Something like that? 14 years. And in, in my... And I, I had a weird thought. I had a weird thought one day just percolating in my head yeah it took 14 years to make this album masterpiece masterpiece right but if you're tool if you're tool and you want to fuck with your audience because they do like to fuck with their audience of course you take 14 years and you record two albums and then you drop the second one out of the fucking blue <laughs> when you're not expecting a new Tool album. No way. They're just like, "Here's my big Tool dick, motherfuckers. And suck on this." Do you? And you know what would be even more Tool-like? What if the second album is even better? Ugh. But, but dude, How, that's so. That would be such the most Tool thing to do, man. Do you think that? See, I'm, we're, I'm getting off track. I do want to ask you this one question before we get too far into Tool, which we could literally, we will do an episode on. We need to do a, an entire episode. Yeah, on absolutely. Um, do you think that with this album, with this beautiful, and I'm sorry, that's a great way to describe it, with this beautiful and as as gut wrenching as this album is do you think that tool has like do you think they've they've capped do you think they've they've peaked no no and i'll tell you why because it's they're one of the few bands where every single album is better than the last every single one i'll, I'll give every that. single time lateral enema is a masterpiece lateralis is better lateralis is amazing lateralis is amazing 10,000 Days is fucking better. And all of them pale to Fear Inoculum. Okay. What does that tell you? This is not a band that goes and reverts. If they, if I think that they're so perfectionist in the way that they do their, their, their craft and the way that they perform their art, that if they felt like it wasn't, they wouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think they would put out an album that was subpar or even not as good as the last. So they would only put out an album that would be better. As as far as drummers go, I want to I want to try to get back on track. We will definitely we could spend all fucking day on Tool. Um, as as far as drummers go, there's somebody else that I want to point out because what you got me thinking about is people that paint pictures, right? Like it's more than just laying down a four four beat. And before we move away from Danny Carey, I want to point out that the one of the things that makes him so unique is the time signatures that he uses mm. they're all over the place and as somebody that has played drums for a long time i can honestly tell you there is not one fucking tool song that i can truly hang with not one yeah. uh and that's all no, that's all the way back I, I don't doubt it to, that's all the way back to the first album before danny carey went totally fucking psycho um yeah whenever he was still kind of a normal drummer 
you know um i i still there's not a single tool song that i can comfortably play because it's just that much it, there's that many changes and it, you as a drummer their pace their pace change is unreal it's, like the way that they they adjust tone it's not just that they're changing the pace of the song they're changing the entire time signature and moving into a different measure yeah yeah it's 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 <sighs> For somebody who has struggled for years to become a better drummer, Danny Carey is somebody that will dwarf you and humble you. And if you ever want to listen to somebody that'll just blow your tits off, listen to any tool album, any any one of them. I recommend Fear Inoculum, like, but any tool album. I don't. I don't. Listen, if you want to take the ride, you start at Opiate and work your way up. Opiate. Go Opiate, Undertow, Enema. Lateralis, 10,000 days, then you finish with Fear and Can I tell you that Emotionally Undertow is a really hard album to listen to? Yeah, it's their angry album. It is very angry. Enema is their angry, Enema is their experimental album. Lateralis is their morose and lamenting album. Wait, have, wait, 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 wait. Have you listened to a band? Have you ever heard of a band called the Dresden Dolls? I've heard of them, but I, I can't say that I know their material enough to say that I, I know them. It, I, it's it's killing me right now. The, the lady's name is Amy Palmer, right? And she does her, like solo album shit and stuff like that. But it's really just her and this drummer, okay? The drummer is somebody... I, God damn it, his name escapes me right now and it's killing me. Uh, but this is a dude that if you've never seen live like we're talking about people that paint pictures right every every strike this dude this dude makes is intentional and meaningful and emotional and like it, it's just weird whenever you can physically see somebody put their passion into their instrument and by the way it translates in the fucking sound it does Okay, here's a drummer that doesn't necessarily paint a picture, but he is he is a force on the drums in the way that like a tsunami is is just something you got to get the fuck out of the way of. You know what I mean? Do it. Uh, Frederick Anderson, the longtime Amon Amarth drummer, oh. who rec- who recently retired, but he's still one of my favorite drummers. He is just so forceful in the way he plays. There's no other way to describe it. It's pure power. Get the fuck out of the way because you're going to get run the fuck over by the force of these drums. And, and you know, coupled with the, the dual guitar dominance that is the, the, the Amon Amarth, it, he, is, he is really uh, someone who stands out in a genre where you don't really think of the drummers as being very different. I think a lot of people hear a lot of that uh, uh, double bass drum speed metal and they think all the drummers are basically the same, and he really does stand out, and he's forceful amongst forceful drummers. Do you know? Do you know what I, who I was thinking of the entire time you were talking about Amon Amarth and and the drums? What's his name again? Fred? What was it? Frederick Anderson. Do you know who I was thinking about the entire time you were talking about that? Dude. Vinnie Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah. And There's another guy that's just a force. It's it's like he is the fucking sledgehammer and the drums are the crumbling wall. You know what I mean? Like 
he he plays heavier he played heavier than than almost anybody Vinny Paul was a and the thing is is it's not that don't get me wrong he can get intricate the man has got a lot of talent but he kept that shit simple and each one of his strikes was like a punch in the face and a kick in the nuts like it was and if you ever watch his videos you'll notice that he plays with tipless sticks which basically means that they're blunt objects on both sides okay so like no yeah he is a sledgehammer he is dude no nylon tips no fucking fancy japanese oak that dude played with tree trunks god damn it and and it sounds like it it translates in the music you can hear his hostility you know what i mean and there's a thing he did i will consider him a bit of an innovator i don't give a fuck if he came up with this or not i think it's in the video for domination okay um Okay. But in his inverted China, and for those that don't know, an inverted China is uh, – it looks like a bowl, okay? It, it's a symbol. It's a crash symbol, and it looks like a bowl, and it makes a fucking trash can lid sound. It sounds like garbage, but it's it's mandatory in a band like, uh, like Pantera, right? But – it was like right. the bowl was filled with some kind of flammable liquid. Like I'm, I'm imagining maybe rubbing alcohol or something like that, right? And every time he would hit it, it would launch a fireball in the air. Now, people, we're talking about a music video shot in like 1994, maybe 96. Okay, they didn't have the special effect capabilities to pretend to throw a fireball in the air. That is Benny Paul launching fireballs in the air. So, like, go fuck yourself. That dude is a Mack truck of drummers. There are uh, there are two more drummers that I want to bring up real quick. Uh, Dave McLean, the longtime drummer of Machine Head, who just recently left the band. Here, he, he is um, he is a Swiss Army knife drummer. He is so versatile. He can play light and fast. He can play heavy and heavier. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's got tremendous fills. He he's got good he's got really good versatility as far as like versatile drummers go. You really could uh, uh, put him in most situations and he would succeed. Right. The other drummer I want to bring up is a guy uh, Jared Dyson, the drummer uh, of Miss May I. Yeah, that dude is fast as fuck. And Joey Jordanson is fast, right? This guy is fucking fast. He plays tremendous uh, uh, offbeat counts. That seem like a like a pair of metronomes that are off, but every now and again they come into center See, with each other. He'll play two beats simultaneously that are slightly off from each other with his with his kicks and his uh, uh his toms, and then bring them together, and it's it's a beautiful thing when they can join. Yeah, that I that syncopation is one of the coolest fucking tricks and that i've never really i don't know man that's incredible and wait there's a couple i want to bring up and by the way anyone listening to this episode is waiting for us to talk about joey jordan's all right and the only reason yeah. i'm not going to get that far into that is because i've already dropped my opinion on joey in past episodes and I'm joey like, is the michael jordan of drummers yeah. any discussion of drummers it, it, joey needs his own discussion because he's he's next level and i've said it multiple times and this is the quick take and i'm going to move on i've said it multiple times that joey jordanson is one of the only drummers that i know that treats a uh, a a drum 
line like a guitar riff it's unique it's individual it's not just kick snare blip 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 time change like that dude is trying to tell you something with each one of his licks so joey is a god i'm not i'm not discrediting him it's just kind of obvious yeah we're talking about mortal men Danny Carey's a demigod. No, see, I think Danny Carey is a mad scientist. I think Danny Carey's a genius. I don't think he's a god. An evil genius. He is an evil genius. Oh, okay, but there's there's another one that I want to bring up, and uh, it's weird because we've been talking about Static X, and I keep, and once again, it's another drummer's name who slips my mind, and I'm sad at myself. Um, but the drummer for Static X has some of the best hi-hat and snare work you'll ever hear ever um yeah he's got a good snare hand it, he's, he's i really so fast he's faster than a machine and you can tell the difference between their electronic beats and whenever he gets into it that dude plays the fastest hi-hat fucking ever ever all right so chris adler because i would be disappointed in you if you didn't discuss him for a i was gonna wait because it's a sad story to me so I was gonna wait, but I want to do that. This will be well. Tease, tease Chris Adler's sad story, but then give us a little bit on his drum. Yeah, this is a this is my last drummer take, and then yeah, I'm I'm done with it after this. But Chris Adler is one of the coolest drummers I've ever witnessed in my life, and it's not just because of skill; it's because of the way he approached it. Right? It's almost like his bottom half plays death metal, right, and his top half plays like hardcore rock drums not like don't get me wrong he plays blast beats but not he's not he cannot be classed as a type of drummer and i think that's really 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 rare um i don't know if any of you listening are educated in music at all but the dude can literally literally play 30 second notes with his bass pedal and as fast as fucking joey jordanson is he's not that fast um it's sad to me because he recently i think last year got into a motorcycle accident and it fucked his shoulder up and it fucked his shoulder up so bad and i'm honestly they don't talk about it but i'm sure the rest of his body's a little fucked up too um but he's just not he's not physically capable of being a drummer that that his mind is capable of and so for that reason he's moved on from lamb of god he's not currently playing music and they've adopted a new drummer which i'm not mad about i'm not i respect him for continuing to go because it was a peaceful parting like he knew he couldn't quite do what he used to do and uh it's a super sad story to me it is literally heartbreaking uh but chris adler is my favorite drummer of all time uh i feel that he is a not only a god or a genius but both and uh, it's sad to me that uh, his human form has been broken. And if your human form is broken, pray your ears still work. So no matter what you can do, you can still. going 
going down, Charlie Brown. So, like, we've been making a habit of uh, kind of breaking down what we've been listening to, right? And then, like, making a suggestion for our people, our wonderful, wonderful listeners that we love and adore. You mean the greasy, stinky horribly covered in infections and ringworm street dirt urchins that we call listeners we'll agree to disagree on that one man uh, but yeah so what have you been rocking lately right and what is something that you recommend they go out and try to uh, advance their listening with uh, I have been stuck on a band called Gojira Oh, uh, oh, G-O- it's spelled G-O-J-I-R-A Gojira they are the epitome of prog metal they are weird man they got songs like uh, Stranded which is one of my favorites uh, Explosia Flying Whales which is true it's a long song it's a roller coaster ride song it starts you down low it brings you up high it drops you a couple of times spins you for a loop uh there's a song called Gift of Guilt which is just so fucking good live and I saw these guys live recently I'm gonna be going to see them with the Deftones oddly enough September 5th here in Denver but I'm I'm super geeked and and whenever I get stuck on these guys because it happens pretty uh, uh regularly I go through uh long periods where I just want to listen to Gojira because they don't sound like anything else. There's not like something else I could pair with them. You know what I mean? Right. What about so, you? What do you uh what are you stuck on? What am I stuck on? This one's <clears throat> are you ready? This one's left field for real. It is a uh, oh. it's a it's a Japanese metal pop fusion band. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> It's called, uh, the band is called, and keep in mind that Japan doesn't have to deal with our American licensing issues, right? Because, okay. because fuck us. Um, the band is called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Straight That's up. That's outstanding. <laughs> that is like fucking cows in the field. Out fucking standing. Yeah, it is, it is, um, it's really interesting because like they have this vocalist that'll get off into this uh, poppy, kind of poppy shit that on, I'm not going to lie to you. I like it. I do like it. But it gets into this poppy shit where he's like kind of auto-tuned like T-Pain, like real deep auto-tuned, right? Um, and it sounds... <laughs> It sounds like this weird, like, boop, 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 you know, club music, right? But then out of nowhere, like, old school corn guitar, right? Like, like dropped into a tuning that you've never heard, you know? Just like really, really thick drop D. Thick, gross, grindy, grungy. This fucking guitar drops in, and it's like, that auto-tuned voice is, is suddenly like one of the most impressive metal voices I've heard in a really long time. And um, there, it's impressive how they combined uh, what I would consider Japanese pop with straight-up old-fashioned American metal. It is really cool. Um, yeah, the band is called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I'm not even going to recommend any tracks because you can just fucking find it just find it and they're they're all they're almost that's like their formula though that's why i'm saying like <clears throat> that's what their sound is and so i totally recommend so with that being said mr orion 
what do you what do you recommend for some what do you want somebody to go dig into right now well if you want to prove to me that you are not a greasy street urchin <laughs> then perhaps you should go check this out fear, fear factory is a band that's been around for a hot minute right they got nine albums out their last album genexis 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 might be their best album i love fear factory but their last album is truly amazing uh there's a song called regenerate on that album which is next level delicious uh they got a song called expiration date and enhanced reality both those songs are hypnotic soft melodic they don't they they don't sound like the 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 thing you're expecting from one of the premier industrial metal bands um if you're really into the industrial sound song, songs like uh, Autonomous Combat System, Anodized, and fucking Church of Execution, just beautiful, heavy, real like traditional industrial metal, driving force metal. And uh, the thing about Fear Factory is, according to Dino, the guitarist, either they're in the studio recording their 10th album, Monolith, or according to the lead singer, Bell, they've broken up <laughs> who knows <laughs> who fucking knows one guy says we're definitely recording an album we even have a name it's called monolith the other guy says nah we broke up so i don't fucking know hopefully we get a 10th fear factory album but uh what should the people be listening to nooch you know I, I i thought about this something that i wanted to recommend and if anybody listening to the podcast ever takes you know these recommendations seriously this is one that that i hold tried and true man <clears throat> the first and I, I i not the first slipknot album because there is a first slipknot album called yeah Mate, i know that album. Mate, it's not good. feed kill repeat it is not yeah. that's no <laughs> but that's not good slipknot. that is slipknot <laughs> it is slipknot it's just <sighs> rick i mean <sighs> it, okay anyway, anyway. Um, it's Slipknot self-titled. Technically, it's Slipknot. It is Slipknot's uh, self-titled album, which is their second album. It came out uh, during the pop of what we call new metal, and that's in you metal. Um, and they, dude, this album start to finish is if you're not into metal I, I get it i do but if you if, even if you if you're familiar with the album it's time to go back and reboot and do the whole fucking thing do the intro right the whole thing where sid is just spinning the woman repeatedly saying the whole thing i think is sick the whole thing i think is sick and she just keeps spinning it or he just keeps spinning it over and over and over again and then it goes into some of the best metal to ever come out of the fucking 90s ever bar none like and all the way through some of the deep dark painful fucking tracks they that album is a work of art and i don't care if you know yo no 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 there's songs you've forgotten about go fuck yourself because there were songs i forgot about like spit it out i totally fucking forgot about spit it out i don't know why but i did you until orion until you fucking brought it up and i also have to stress one more thing if you're looking into this album you have to make sure you do not get the edited version don't get the edited version. Go, you will end up with. Did you know they made the purity a version? version? They want the purity version. Did you know they made a radio version to spit it out? God damn it! Yeah, 
here's the thing about that first Slipknot album is I've been going to Slipknot concerts since 99, man. And I've seen them recently. They st- Most bands, maybe you get a, a song off the first album. Maybe. Especially when they're six albums, seven albums, eight albums deep. Slipknot, every fucking Slipknot show has minimum four, mostly six songs off that first fucking album. They always, always play Spin It Out. Because they always end with Surfacing. They will play minimum four, usually up to six songs off that first album. Because at the end of the day, no matter how many albums they drop and no matter how many new fans they get, that shit is their meat and potatoes. And I have to stress to go and listen to it. Go and fucking listen to it. Like, and that's, man, uh, so wrapping up today, how do you feel about, is the Deftones in your top 10 of all time? Oh, yeah. I mean, stuck on a deserted island, I'm taking around the fur with me as, you know, the, the five to 10 CDs I can bring. Around the furs in that list. Now, and who is your, uh, if you had to put somebody at the top, who's your top drummer? Uh, I'm going to say Danny Carey. Yeah. Because I, I believe Joey Jordanson is the greatest drummer of all time, objectively. But my favorite drummer might be Danny Carey. Okay. Now, for me, I got to say, Deftones, unfortunately, uh, they're not my top 10. They're not. Um, if there are songs that I love by them passionately, deeply, and wholeheartedly, but I, they're just not one of my favorite bands. It is not, um, my favorite drummer. Drummer? Yeah. Drummer Chris Adler. It's, it's a sad story in my feels, but Chris Adler. And, uh, and then, you know, we told you what we guys want you to listen to, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Orion? Listen, listen, don't. Don't tell them to enjoy it. They will enjoy it. <laughs> this is the best thing they have to listen to. And they all they're all here to try and advance their listening. 